if you're listening to this and you listen to the recap show that came out over the weekend, thank you. Thank you for joining us on the uh, the regular regularly scheduled podcast. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Leaf making a move in NIL. We did already see sort of Leaf make, a, I, I actually think, a pretty big move, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, getting Paige Bukers to sign an exclusive with Leaf over... <sighs> Over Tops, over Fanatics, Panini. I guess Tops and Fanatics would be together, but I, guess, I think you understand what I'm saying. She saw, and I guess I'd be interested to know how long this exclusive is, because like, I feel like those are some of the details we never really get in some of these types of deals. You know, like up until recently, I don't think we really knew that like how long these companies were going to have the rights to the uh, the rights to certain sports. Panini, for example. I don't think necessarily the dates exactly came out. But sorry, this is not what the podcast is about. This podcast is about Leaf signing a high school player. Now, he is, I guess, one of... Uh, high, the, the headlines I'm seeing is Leaf signs high school phenomenon uh, Juju Lewis to a card deal. Uh... Now, the exclusives, they've kind of exist they have existed for a while, but now the fact that NIL is so much more it's a, well, it's a thing now. It used to not be a thing. So it's a thing now. And the fact that over NIL, it's gotten much more popular within sports cards. You know, that leaf is kind of going out on a little bit of a limb, I suppose, and signing a uh, high school athlete in a way. Leaf is kind of engaging in the behavior that a lot of sports card people actually behave, like the way that they kind of, their philosophy on prospecting, they, you know, whatever, they, they buy the, they buy or in the least case, they sign the, uh, one of the bigger names, I guess, in college football right now, or I mean, excuse me, high school football. Now, I guess the question that I have on this podcast that if you're listening uh, you know, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, at Hobby News Daily. I'd be interested to hear your response here. Like, when does the NIL, like, could, like, who, like, who, or maybe this is the question. Who, what card company do you think is going to sign a NIL deal with a middle, middle schooler first? Like, a 6th to 8th grader. Uh, like, what company, or maybe even, I don't know, I guess, no, not younger, because there wouldn't really be any younger before, because before high school, so what company is going to sign a middle school NIL deal first? That is one that I am very interested in. Now you could say Leaf. I would say I would almost think that Leaf might be in the running for that uh, for that poll, first place in the poll, because Leaf has kind of Leaf's been an interesting company. I think I talked about them on a different uh, episode where they have like signed like influencers to deals, which I think is very innovative. And I think actually a very good idea. And I think the way that the way that it could be done with influencers in the future, like not card influencers, I'm talking about like uh real, like, like real, not real, but you know, influencers that have like millions and millions of followers. Like Tifu is a, is a, uh, he's a gaming uh, personality. And then they've signed other personalities, but like the fact that it, there's another company that does, I think it's called a true creator that does something similar with influencers. You know, if, 
if Leaf can really carve that market, maybe that's a way that Leaf, for example, will succeed in the future, I guess, because they, I think they've done a pretty good job. And this is, I guess it's maybe not necessarily related to them signing the high schooler or how, like how early, how young they would go signing a player to an NIL. Um, I think that they've done an interesting job at like when they, they're the one company that I feel like doesn't have any licenses that actually like people, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily want to say that people like, cause I think that's a little harsh, but like, I think that Leaf is pretty popular, all things considered, based on, like, licensing and, like, what cards they get and what autographs they get. Like, I think that they came out with one of the better soccer sets in the past couple years. I, I, I think it was, um... I think it was called Vivid, I'm pretty sure, but it wasn't licensed, but they had basically all the big-named autographs, and the card design was really good. And I think that's just one example of Leaf kind of trying to figure out how to innovate. Uh, and I, I don't know, I don't want to sound like I'm glazing... Leaf here, but at the same time, it's like, you know, the fact that they're signing, that they're sort of, like I said, I guess they're participating in the sports card culture by signing a high schooler to a NIL contract because they're kind of banking on, like, I guess him turning into a player, but it almost, like, it, it almost doesn't make sense because, like, once they sell the cards, Leaf doesn't make any more money from that player, I guess, like, like, once Leaf comes out with that first player's cards, like, and they sell the cards, it's kind of out of their hands what happens at that point with, like, if the player's cards go up in value. I mean, unless, like, Leaf is, Leaf is trying to innovate in another way and almost, like, figure out a way to, I don't know, figure out a way to sell cards of this player down, like, you buy the cards now, but you don't get, I don't know, I don't know. There, there really would have to be an innovative way to that Leaf might have to, make things a little bit more creative than just like signing a player to an NIL contract if they want in the future for that kind of, especially a player that young, if they expect to really make, uh, I don't know, any money, I guess. I, I, and it's it's kind of like, it's obviously you want, if you're a card, the card company, you want to make the money, but it's like almost like if you sell the cards, like the first cards, like after that, there's nothing you can really do after. Like you can't, you don't necessarily make more money from the original set of cards unless they can figure out how to do it. And I think that would be very, that'd be an interesting concept. And I think it would take uh, a larger group, like <laughs> like a larger group of really smart people within sports cards to figure out a way to kind of do it that way. I, I would, I would love to see it, but you know, I think, I think it's maybe a long way, away, long ways away. Uh, but the fact that, like I said, why would Leaf be signing? I don't know. Why would Leaf? be signing a high schooler that part you know i get it makes sense because they can get the headlines and all that kind of stuff but like i said if they're trying to make money i don't necessarily know if continuing to go younger and younger is going to be the best way i guess to make more money in the future if if you're a company that's signing some of these young players to nil contracts so a card that hasn't been sold in a few years uh is going back up an auction through heritage uh, Eric White back over the weekend tweeted that the the one of one superfractor uh, superfractor auto for uh, Bryce Harper is going to be up at auction. The card last sold back in 2022 for four hundred and thirty two thousand dollars, and based on the market, I I really I think that this card could have some interesting significance. I think in the like in the market in general, because 
2022, I feel like, was still a period of time within sports cards where we, we were still kind of seeing a lot of stuff go up significantly in value pretty quickly. We were seeing tons of million-dollar sales, uh, t- like a few multi-million-dollar sales, and Bryce Harper, I think, too, is a very interesting player just in general because it feels like Bryce Harper is is what Mike Trout should be, if that makes sense. Like, Bryce Harper is, like, electric. And I don't know exactly if that's maybe the right... I think that is the right word to explain Bryce Harper. But if he can, you know, bring a championship to Philly here, that's going to be massive. And I think he actually has a very... He has a cool contract, too, because if you're a Philly fan and you like Bryce Harper, you have to absolutely love this contract for him because it's like the opposite of Patrick Mahomes' contract, where for Patrick Mahomes' contract, he signed that, like, massive, like, 13-year deal. But, like, after the fourth year of that deal, every year there's an opt-out where they can either restructure the contract. I don't think I don't think Patrick Mahomes would ever leave Kansas City necessarily. But there's for 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 whatever reason, there's always a player there's a player opt out on almost every single year after that fourth year, which they do that sometimes in the MLB. But with this Bryce Harper contract, he there's no opt outs. I think that there's I don't know if there's a no trade clause, but like he basically has said he wants to play here for the rest of his he wants to play in Philly for the rest of his career. Which I think is like, I mean, if you're like I said, if you're a Philly fan and you hear Bryce Harper saying that about the team, like that's got to be that's got to be firing you up for sure. And if you're listening to this, uh, Game Seven is going to be today, so it's going to be a big game. I actually, I don't actually, I, I guess I forgot to talk about this on the yesterday's podcast. I actually went out to Arizona for Game Five. I took a, the first flight out at like 9 a.m. or 6 a.m. Landed in in Arizona at 9 a.m., which is weird because I almost like went back in time because I went back in time three time zones, and I went to the game. It was, I mean, it was incredible. It was, it was like, you know, the it was like cheaper. <laughs> it was probably cheaper, honestly. the The ticket and the round trip airfare it was probably cheaper than going to Game Seven or going to Game Six in Philly, which is pretty wild. Not that I really would ever. I thought this was kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity, if I'm going to be honest. So I was like, this is perfect. I'll go. I'll, you know, I was out there on Saturday go out for the day. I did have to leave a little bit before the game was over, so that was unfortunate, but uh got on the flight, flew back to flew, flew back east. I mean, it was it was just so much. It was really it was really cool. And the point that I'm trying to make here is that Bryce Harper, every time he stepped up to the plate, even in Arizona when I was there, there were MVP chants, there were in like people were going crazy for Bryce Harper. And it feels like this card will have a very interesting it'll give the market a very interesting narrative because at that 420,000 I don't know necessarily if Bryce Harper like I would say he was just as good or just as famous I guess of a player back when he back when this card sold a couple years ago now I think like I said I think the interesting part will be that if if this card sells for that if it sells for a million dollars like if Bryce Harper wins the world series like I don't necessarily know if that changes things in the in the grand scheme of where his cards end up being because like I said also he's sort of like a LeBron James type player where people thought that he was going to be like people thought that he was going to be Mike Trout before Mike Trout like 
which they kind of came in the around the same time. Like I actually think that this card is from is Bowman Chrome. It's from 2011. Um, but he was like he was on the cover, and this was another interesting piece that I think it's either Heritage or. I forget which which company it was, but there was another company that's actually selling. Oh, you know what? It might have just been CSG, which is promoting that they have uh, high grades of like the uh, LeBron James, uh, the chosen one, and then they did the Bryce Harper, the the chosen one. I think like a couple years later, and they're really it's really interesting to see that he has gone on to. I mean, at this point, even. Like with, with the way that we do it nowadays, like everybody is like the next guy, like everybody, you know, Victor Wembanyama is the next LeBron or whatever. And I don't necessarily think people are saying that. I think we've gotten to a point where it's like you can't just keep saying that about everybody and then have it be can continue to be true. But like Bryce Harper was viewed as like this superstar prospect that like he I mean, he was phenomenal when he played at Washington and then he comes to Philly and he's he's on the brink of playing in the World Series with with Philly. Depending on when you're listening to this, they might already be they might already be in it, or Arizona might have beat them. Um, but this card that's going to sell through Heritage Auctions, I think it will. I think it will be a big marker on the health of sports cards from a value perspective. Like I don't think you know you could still sell cards. Like if you're trying to sell them, I don't think it's hard to sell. Like eBay sales are still going through all that kind of stuff but i think the pricing of this card is going to be very interesting to see where it lands uh and you know maybe we may see uh we may see another million dollar card or we may not like it may not even get that close like i actually don't even really have a real read on where this card is going to end because of how much things have changed in the market over the past few years so dwayne the rock johnson the Rock has signed an exclusive with with Leaf, uh, which they tweeted out that they had signed him uh, yesterday. They, you know, it's very funny. They they have like, you know, they're the, I don't know who runs their socials, but the tweet that they put out announcing that they signed The Rock, um, Leaf Cards. That's that's their that's their handle. It's not verified or anything, but like. You know, they there was a missing space. There was it was just written very it was written very funny. So if you go to Leaf's Twitter, you'll see it. Um, the way that it's written is written the way that like somebody would like talk, kind of like not it's it very unprofessionally, but like not in like necessarily. A, I don't think it was a bad tweet. I just think it was funny, and and also I don't necessarily think unprofessional is bad. I just think, like I said, it's 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 written very funny, and. The one thing that I think – the one question I actually have, so on the the cards that uh, – the cards that Leaf tweeted out, it was Dwayne Johnson and not The Rock. So, like, I'm wondering if that means he has two different – maybe potentially – potentially maybe he has two different exclusives. Like, maybe he has – some sort of ex- maybe not even exclusive, but maybe that means he's a lot. He, I think that I realistically this is it probably is what it means, just based on the fact that I think the the fact that he's Dwayne Johnson on a wrestling card and he signs the in the card. I don't think it, it's like a uh, it was a like digital render of the card, so it was a digital render of the of the signature, but it was Dwayne Johnson, not The Rock, which. 
I guess I don't know which way he signs. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. I don't really follow wrestling autographs like that. But it makes me think that there's probably, honestly, like, yeah, sure, they they signed Dwayne Johnson to a exclusive deal, which in theory implies that it would be a wrestling card. But I do think that he still could be, like, in other products signing as The Rock. Like, I guess. I, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure if that – that's kind of speculation. And I'm not, I, I guess I'm not 100% sure. I don't know how the licensing works for someone like that who has two – like, distinct names specifically, like, for example, and this is not the same at all, but, like, Shaquille O'Neal, like, would he be able to sign two exclusives as, like, Shaq and then, like, Shaquille O'Neal? Like, I don't necessarily know one, I'm not sure, one way or the other. Like, obviously, Dwayne The Rock, Dwayne Johnson and The Rock are the same person, but the licensing rights for The Rock is probably it's it probably is different than Dwayne Johnson. Either way, signing Dwayne Johnson, I think it's a big deal and I think it will be interesting. This could start potentially a trend of Leaf or any companies signing um signing wrestlers potentially that have two like different names like um for example like Brian Daniels, no no, Daniel Bryan Used to be in the WWE. Now he's in AEW. He was in WWE as Brian. No, he was in WWE as Daniel Bryan, but he's in AEW as Brian Danielson, which I think is very. That's kind of a funny, kind of like little bit of a jab at WWE. Um, I think that's very funny. But like Edge, for example, like could could like Edge is in AEW as well. Like could he sign? Like I, I forget. I know it's Adam something i forget what his last name is but he's a great name obviously but like could like could leaf sign wrestlers as their real names and get put out wrestling products with their real names versus because then the other thing with wrestling too it's like it's not like these people have like logos really like some of them may have logos on their like pants or their like tights or something like that but at the same time it's like those are probably easily photoshopped. Those are those are easily photoshopped where you don't have to like it's not like the MLB where it's like their jersey you can tell whatever that is photoshopped because it doesn't have the logo. You know, with the wrestling wrestling tights or pants or whatever whatever they kind of wear their attire, they probably could easily uh, photoshop out those logos. So I don't know if Leaf is. Also, the other thing about this is that Leaf has now caught my attention. I think that Leaf could potentially be a big player within sports cards if they figure out like if they have someone on their strategy team who is like how can we how can we make more moves like this where it's like not necessarily like not necessarily signing people like this but like how can we make sort of like uh, lateral moves within sports cards in a way that still makes leaf like relevant within the industry like i think that they've done a good job like i said they signed uh page bukers they signed they signed that high school player i talked about that actually on a podcast last week i i i'm i'm skeptical about that like if i think that's a good move or not i think initially i thought it was kind of interesting but it like i said it just doesn't make sense to me like how why leaf would sign that player to some sort of exclusive contract because it's like how are they going to how are how are they going to monetize because that's that's the whole point within sports cards too I think that people forget is like these companies are trying to make money like sure 
there's probably people at the companies that want to ha- they want people to enjoy the cards. There's people at Fanatics, people at Panini, people at Leaf that they want Upper Deck. They want people to en- they want people to enjoy the cards, but their number one goal is going to be to make money. So it's like, how is signing a high school athlete achieving that goal? Like maybe maybe doing something like that isn't in a way like or maybe they're like I, I don't know if Leaf or any company could do this, but like almost starting some sort of like, uh, and this is I, I'm getting a little bit off the rails. I'm actually going to wrap things up after this kind of point here is like signing, like doing, making like a sports agency almost. Like you have an exclusive, but then there's some sort of thing where Leaf will get money if they do like NIL, other NILs, or if they do like uh, or, or any company that signs a player like this, or they get pieces of sponsorship, stuff along those lines. I don't know. It, 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 it'd be interesting. But I think, like I said, right now, Leaf has my attention, and I'll be following them a little bit more closely. I think that they've done an okay job at staying relevant as other companies have kind of floundered a little bit. I mean, Panini, for example. I, I think Fanatics has also sort of been doing not so good this year. Um, I think Leaf really all they had nowhere to go but up. If I'm going to be completely honest, like they have some products that are pretty decent, but like it's not like people were looking at them expecting really that much. So the fact that they can come out and now say that they have Dwayne Johnson, not The Rock, but Dwayne Johnson, um, is very interesting. And like I said, I think I, it, it that this is something that I'm going to want to follow because like like I said, if if I'll be I'll be interested to watch if these cards if there's the, if there's rock cards like in tops or panini or fanatics or whatever and then their leaf has Dwayne Johnson like if that's the case I don't know I, the move is a, a little bit less interesting to me if I'm going to be completely honest if like cuz like the cards are wrestling cards the, but they're Dwayne Johnson cards the Dwayne Johnson wasn't a wrestler in the WWE, like, he is, he is a, the Rock in the WWE, which, I mean, they call him Dwayne The Rock Johnson, but still, I think, I think people, I think you'll understand the point that I'm trying to make here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's basically all I've got for today's podcast. Uh, it's been a little bit slow, if I'm going to be completely honest, within sports cards, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, because a lot of the, like, really kind of sort of crazy news we've been seeing recently <clears throat> hasn't been great, if I'm going to be honest. So, uh, that's all I really got for this episode, though. So, uh, as always, check us out at Hobby News Daily on Twitter and Instagram. Also, uh, make sure to check back uh, to the website. New articles up every single day. Uh, let's see. Collecting a player's team, we have Jason just put up a phenomenal article. Go check out his article. It's live on the site right now. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you in the next one. It feels like just yesterday that we were in the middle of the summer. Only sport that was on was baseball. WNBA, I guess that also was on during the summer. But we are finally here. We are finally at the point where now we are going to have nights where there are all four major sports playing at, maybe not the same time, but I think all four major sports going on in one night. We're going to have basketball, baseball, the World Series, obviously, because now it's 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 the World Series that everyone expected at the beginning of the playoffs. It's the it's the Arizona Diamondbacks versus the Texas Rangers, especially going into the NLCS and ALCS. I'm sure everybody, you know, picked these two teams. Uh, also, it was very interesting. These two teams, I don't know if this is the first time this has happened, but it's got to be super rare. The first time that two teams have gone down three games to two 
going away and having to play two away games and then winning the series. Very, very interesting, wild, you know, very cool. Uh, So, like I said, football obviously on, hockey's on, baseball World Series, and now we have, oh, my goodness, now we have basketball. Uh, We have the NBA finally underway. Uh, I think the Denver Nuggets and Lakers played, uh, the, the I think, either last night or two nights ago, where Denver got their rings, which I thought was, you know, I, I guess I would, I, I'm very conflicted between, like, I want one player or one team to win a bunch of rings versus, like, spreading the wealth and really, like, giving teams, giving a bunch of different teams championships and a bunch of different players. I mean, I'm really, you know, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, for example, like if they went their whole careers without winning a championship, that would be, that'd be insane. It would, it really would be like very wild. And I think, um, I think going into this year, the players for me, in my opinion, that I'm really looking at, I, I, I mean, I really, I hate to do this. I really do. But Victor Wembanyama, he just looks Insane. I really hate to hype up a prospect this way, but I, I just, I, he has just looked so good in the preseason. He looked so good, obviously playing last season in France. He's a player you got to watch this year. I mean, one of the players. I think obviously as a Celtics fan, I think Tatum is probably a player to watch. Um, and then one, I mean, and this is also from a sports card perspective. I think too, like if you are. If you're buying any rookie cards of players this year, it is in your best interest to buy and sell those players. Do not be buying and holding. I actually even almost would say any active players in the league, be buying and selling those players. Do not be buying and holding because at this point, we have seen such fluctuation in the market that like, yeah, sure, I think you could see, you know, X player go on and have a good half of the season and his cards go up 50%. But then, like, I think very easily that player could go on and have, like, the rest of the season be just as good and see his cards decline in price. And I think what that is is more of, I think it's, I think the thing that happens within sports cards that is, uh, you know, you could say it's good or bad. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know one way or the other if I'm going to be completely honest. But, like, when a player goes from, you know, if we're ranking him on like uh, how people how people are excited for this player, like when he jumps up into a category or he jumps up into a player that a lot of people are watching, that's where you see his prices go up significantly. But then, like if he maintains that level, it feels like people get bored within cards, and maybe this is with it. I feel like it's, I'll, I'll speak more or less within cards because I think that's where this has most has most of an effect because there's money involved. You you almost see like a player like Tatum for example like I don't know if we're going to see a massive spike in the pricing of his cards because I feel like I feel like at this point there are certain players within the league who already have who already have Hall of Fame careers baked into their pricing I think Tatum I think Luca is a is is an example There's just so many of his cards that it's like you also have to take into account how many of those cards there are um, and and on the second second piece of this uh the second piece of this podcast i'm just gonna go through a quick list of uh the the most the cards of the current nba players that are the most uh graded by psa but so for for tatum for for luca i think his his card has more 
is more affected by the fact that there's so many of them graded than it does the fact that he could be having a good or bad season. I think Tatum, I think, has jumped into that top 10 conversation in the league, maybe even top five. I mean, I think, obviously, as a Celtics fan, maybe I'm a little bit biased here, um, I think, in my opinion. But, like, I think that he's jumped into that bracket where he is, he's in the MVP conversation almost every year for maybe the rest of his career. And I think when that happens, people will move on to another player. So, you know, if you're looking at cards, uh, if you're looking at, you know, any, any cards necessarily within... Uh, within players, and you're looking to maybe make some money within cards, you want to look for players who are maybe under the radar, maybe who had a bad season last year, and who are looking to bounce back. Now, this could almost be, I think, another totally different conversation. But uh, so, sports card investor put out some gem rate data. Obviously, gem rate come to sports cards, come to uh, Hobby News Daily to check out gem rate data every day uh, of the top ten cards of current players graded by PSA. And uh, spoiler alert: Zion is on here twice. Um, and basically, the list is consisting of all 2019 players, which is like when the sports card boom really. It jumped up. It got really crazy. So, you know, number one, Zion, 42,000. Number two, oh, Zion Prism, 42,000. Jaw Prism, 40,000. Like I was saying in the previous part, Luca Prism, 38K. Trey Prism, 27K. And then Zion jumps back into this list. Zion Mosaic, 25K. LeBron Prism, LeBron 2019 Prism, which is like insane that there are this many of these cards. 23K. And, and also it's insane that, the, that there's that many of those cards compared to, you know, Kevin Durant, 20, 2007 Tops rookie, 23K. And then you've got uh, uh, Kobe White, Tyler Harrow, uh, uh, RJ Barrett, all in 22K. Total graded cards by PSA, which... That's not surprising. I don't know. I, I think there's just such a there's such a disparity in that data that it, it really is like, I don't know. I don't know, really know what to even do with that data, if I'm going to be completely honest. Like, it's insane how many of those cards there are. And I don't know if it's good or if it's bad at this point, whether there are that many cards. But there are just so many of these cards for all of these players that it's like, I guess you could buy and sell them, but at the same time, you know, it's like how much you really have to almost, you have to almost, if you're trying to buy and sell those cards, you have to get like a deal, like a bulk deal, and then you can go out and maybe buy, you can sell the players for, if you can get them at a discount and then sell them at market value, because there's so many of those cards, what ends up happening is that the market value is determined and there really aren't super significant spikes, I think, because of what's going on in the market. And, like I said, there's just so many of those cards that it's really, it's hard to eat. I don't know. At this point, buying and selling sports cards, it's really hard to make decisions on what to even suggest to people because it's like, there are so many and it's like, I look at those cards and I just wouldn't even, I wouldn't even touch them with a 10 foot pole. If I'm going to be honest, like you really have to look for gems and diamonds in the rough. If you're looking to buy and sell in this market, especially if you're looking to buy and sell players that are currently in the league right now. So a few weeks ago, actually, I saw, uh, again, Eric Whiteback. Like, he, I think he has one of the, he's gotten better at tagging people, all these kinds of things. I think he's 
it, think, I think he's pretty good at Twitter if, if, from a sports card perspective. And I mean, good at Twitter, meaning he knows how to get people to see his tweets and get a lot of impressions, not just because he has a lot of followers. There's tons of people that have a lot of followers that don't really get uh, many impressions on their tweets, if I'm going to be honest. Maybe not in the sports card world, but he put out a tweet, I don't know, probably like, probably like a month ago or maybe a couple weeks ago with like a mock-up design of the, so the, the MLB debut patch cards. And when he put out this mock-up design, everyone was like, everyone thought that it was the design, like, because he does, you know, he's one of the accounts that kind of does a lot of like breaking news type tweets. So like everyone would just assume that that design that he put on his Twitter was the one that was the real one. And it turns out that it wasn't, you know, he came out and said that he obviously photoshopped it himself, which I'm glad because when I first saw these cards, I was like, these are horrendous for what I think is going to be a very important card. The design that he put out now, granted it's obviously not a real design. And I think from a concept perspective, it's okay but you know, I don't think that it was just if if this was the card for the for the actual debut logo, I would uh, be I would have been shocked if I'm going to be honest. So Tops put out the actual official design, and it is a very much high end design that's going to be going into Tops Chrome. And I believe I saw the I saw a tweet the other day that was it's going to the card uh, the patch cards are going to be in one in every. I think it was 87,000, um, one in every 87,000 packs. And the couple of the things that I do like about the design, I'll, I'll list off a couple things. I like that it has an autograph. I like the concept of the design that they put together. Like I said, it looks like a high-end, almost like if they mix, it almost looks like kind of the exquisite design, if I'm going to be honest, the concept of it at least. I think I like the high-end concept of the design, I also, this is one thing that actually I was really hoping that they were going to do that they are doing is the photo on the card is a, or at least of the Jordan Walker and the Anthony Volpe one that I saw, uh, there are photos from the first game. And you can tell because in those photos, you can see that the jerseys that the players are wearing, they have that debut patch. So I think all in all, those are really cool. And I think the fact that they are putting it in a, Tops Chrome product and making it. Um, I just hope that none of them are redemptions. Actually, if I'm going to be completely honest, that that could be the one thing that I think could sort of bring this thing off the rails a little bit. If they're redemption cards and not um, and not if they're not all live autographs within the product itself. Uh, and I guess the one thing that I am sort of nervous about is like, are we going to see this sort of turn? Are we going to see this turn Tops Chrome into like a um, a product that a lot of like people who, you know, used to go and buy sports cards at stores and flip all the boxes. Like, is that what, is that what this is going to turn into? Like, are we going to see, you know, blaster boxes and hobby boxes, but mainly blaster boxes, I would say, are we going to see people going to the stores and waiting out? I, I don't think so necessarily, but I would say, Actually, probably not because I think that they do have limits at a bunch of the stores where blaster boxes are sold, I'm guessing. I think that – I'm pretty sure I remember a lot like Tops and Walmart. I'm pretty sure that they did create limits, so I'm guessing that would stop people – maybe that would stop people away. I mean, you know, if you're really – if you're really into it and you're down for trying to do this, then to be honest, like – 
I'm sure there's ways to get around it. Like, you know, go, I don't know, going with a friend or going with a family member or going with a couple family members or a couple friends or I don't know. I mean, I, I actually, I actually would be interested. I think down the road, I think an interesting movie concept that's sort of, it's, it seems maybe a little bit ridiculous, but like, I would be very interested to know if there were any, you know, Target or Walmart employees who are backdooring these cards because like, I guess it would be, it w- they probably wouldn't be able to be using their discounts on the cards if I had to guess, but like if you worked at like a, some sort of store where the, you know, you had a, the manager who was the main manager didn't really check the, you know, check the inventory type of thing, like, you know, because especially with a Target and a Walmart, this is just one item of millions and millions of different items that they have. I don't know if they're doing the QC checks on the cards that are being sold necessarily. If they are, then that's good. But I don't think that's what's, I really don't, I don't think that's what's going on. So like, you know, maybe for a while people could have got away with like using their discount and just like not putting the cards on the shelves if they knew. Cause like, that's the other thing. It's like, I wonder how many people that worked in these stores knew what was going on with these cards. I mean, if you're somebody who, if you're somebody who is working there, like, do are you recognizing that there are people coming in and buying all the cards? Like, are, is that something that you recognize or is that something that maybe, you know, I don't know that you just, it's like I said, it's just, you're just stalking a thing. Like you don't really know, you don't really recognize or understand that that's sort of what's going on. So like, I guess it's, it's, it's almost like, we'll see, I guess we'll see what happens. It's good and bad, I think, because it's, because it's good because it gives the average collector an opportunity to buy these cards. And what we've actually seen, if I, I, in my opinion, I think based on Twitter, Instagram, we have seen a lot of big cards coming out of retail boxes, like blaster boxes, um, which I think is great for the industry. I think it gets more, I'm always in the mindset of like, I would like to grow cards and grow the industry. So like if a collector or someone coming in, uh, is able to pull that card. I, I I think that's a good thing. I do also get a little bit weary because it could lead to you know I definitely have ran into this scenario before where like for like actually when I went to the national I went to the casino I think the first night or the second night I was there and I did really well like I was betting on roulette and I did really well the first night. And then I went a couple other nights, and I did really poorly, but I was assuming because I did well the first night that that would mean I would eventually do well. And same with actually sports betting in a way, because when I first started sports betting, this was like a forever ago, I hit like this crazy parlay on like a bunch of college football bets. Like I bet like, I think I bet like the spread on like five or six teams, or or maybe it was Moneyline, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I hit like this crazy like $5 parlay that ended up winning $120. And I definitely don't think, I think that in some areas of my life, I have a little bit of an addictive personality, but I think I, at least from a, like a sports betting or gambling perspective, I definitely am able able to I enjoy gambling for a long time not just like betting on one game and being like this is the game that I'm betting on this is what I'm going to put all my chips on I'd rather put all my chips or all my dollars into a bunch of different games like into like five or six different games I enjoy picking the games maybe more than I do gambling on them necessarily so like just to to bring this metaphor back I'll kind of wrap up the episode here uh I would get nervous if somebody pulls this card and they just assume that they're going to be able to pull all of these cards uh, 
if it's, you know, granted, if it's your first box and you pull this card, that's got to be like a one in a million shot. If you are somebody who buys a lot of sports card boxes, you probably understand that you're not pulling a ton of great cards realistically. If it's your first box, there's maybe a chance that you may get into a little bit of a cycle in the first couple months of getting into sports cards where you think that's what's going to happen and you realize, obviously, after buying a few boxes, that's not. Um, But like I said, this card is going to be now in Topps Chrome, so it's going to give the average collector, I think, an opportunity to get one of these cards. I mean, it's going to be the same thing right away, too, for sure. This is what's going to happen. The boxes are going to be expensive when the product first comes out, and then as time goes on and more products come out, the price ends up coming down. So if you're, you know, if you're looking to buy these boxes uh, right away, unfortunately, you probably may have to spend a little bit more unless you're getting lucky and buying them at a retail. If you're buying them on the secondary market, you if you're buying anything on the secondary market, you should assume you're probably paying a little bit of a premium. But if you can find like a blaster box uh, at a store, or like a hobby box at a a card store, you know, you're going to be paying market. Well, for the blaster box, you'll pay what Walmart and Target are charging. At a hobby shop, you might pay a little bit more because they're probably adjusting prices for, you know, the market value of things. Uh, But like I said, the design looks great. A bunch of things I really like about the design. Uh, Excited for these cards to start getting pulled and coming on. I believe Topps Chrome comes out in one of the first weeks in November. So we're going to get an actual physical look at these cards very soon, which that's also very exciting. And that's all I've got for today's episode. If you've gotten to this point in the episode... Also, make sure that you check back on Saturday to either YouTube or here on the podcast because you're going to hear the recap. Uh, Also, check back to uh, HobbyNewsDaily.com for new articles that are going up. And check us out at Twitter and Instagram, HobbyNewsDaily. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you in the next one.